Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your host, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're diving into grief. Stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click buy me a coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash IRSI podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships, and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Hello! Hello! How's it going? Good. Good. We just ate some donuts. So yeah, we just not had, a bad start to the day. We just had some punchkis because it's uh, Fat Tuesday, and I when I worked in Chicago, I had a Polish coworker, and she would bring them in every Fat Tuesday, and it was delightful. But um, since living down here, I haven't had one because there's not like a big Polish community, so finding them is a lot harder. Well, now we know where to go. Field. Now we know where to go. It was delicious. I'm all sugared up. <laughs> Ready to go. Also, <laughs> I have a, a new podcast I discovered this week called Shrink Chicks. And it's just two therapists. They are uh, marriage and family therapists. Um, but they have a podcast. And sometimes they have on different types of therapists and they talk about different things. And I think they have like other types of therapists in their practice as well. Cause they had somebody, there was an episode I listened to about, um, diet culture that, um, had someone else from their practice. And that's like something that she, um, like body image and stuff is something that she specializes in because that's something that she has struggled with like eating disorders and things. So it was a super interesting podcast. So that is a podcast I discovered this week that you might enjoy. That sounds awesome. Actually, I need some new podcasts because uh, I've caught up mostly with ones that I want to listen to. And then like, I'm like, okay, (laughs) okay, one comes out today. So, but I'm waiting because we're going to be on the train tomorrow. So I'm trying to wait until we're on the train and can listen to it on the train. But then I'm like, but what do I listen to now? <laughs> but I need something right now. I need something in between <laughs> when all these episodes come out. Because they all come out like on Tuesday. <laughs> I know. I know. And then I like binge. And then by the time you get to like Friday, you've listened to them all. Yes. And you're like, well, crap. And I have the whole weekend of not listening to any podcasts. I know. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, this one is really good. I actually, it's funny. I discovered it because of a Bachelor podcast that I sometimes listen to. And I really haven't been listening to, or ha- really haven't been watching this season of The Bachelor. But they had this episode with them because they did like a therapy date. Therapy in quotes. Uh, date <laughs> on this most recent episode. And they interviewed these ladies. And I was like, oh, this was a really like interesting episode. And they were really smart. So I'm going to go listen to their podcast. So. Anyway, just thought I would share that little... They actually did a whole episode on Encanto and <laughs> on the, like, dysfunctional families and the different types of people um, that, like, tend to exist within dysfunctional families. So, there you guys go. If you want a new podcast to check out, Shrink Chicks. Awesome. I bet that they would have a lot to say about grief. Uh, I bet that they would, yeah. So, I've been wanting to do an episode about grief for a while, Um And it's been particularly on my mind for a couple of reasons. I recently had a very 
very dear friend of mine go through something super tragic. And so I've been talking to her a lot about grief, but also just the general state of the world right now. Um, we are all experiencing a collective grief. And so I thought now might be a good time to just talk about that. Yeah, I think especially because even though we, we are experiencing this grief, we haven't been able to process it because one it's just still going on and it's hard to process things that are like literally happening to you right as it's happening and then the other thing is that uh you know all the rest of our lives are still going on right so we can't like just pause right and process what's happening to us right well and it's like it almost feels slightly more abstract than like a personal loss or a personal tragedy like that has happened and then like you said like okay so the pandemic happens that's ongoing we're all experiencing this like collective trauma collective grief that is having its own thing and then you know there's a war happening and now that's a whole new added thing so we just keep getting hit by different types of grief um you know the war in ukraine is not happening like directly to us and so if you don't necessarily have family in ukraine or family that's directly affected that you might feel like is it even my place to be grieving this but you are and there's it's just so fucked up so how we talk about some of the fucked upness (laughs) (laughs) but i actually wanted so i actually wanted to start this topic by asking you a question megan um and that is so let's say that your only context for grief and the grieving process was things that you had seen in movies tv shows read in books just like popular media what would you think about like the grieving process and the cycle of grief so this is actually a really good question um because uh the sex in the city reboot just ended recently and uh i i mean i'm sure everyone knows big dies (laughs) and so carrie is basically dealing with that grief for like the whole rest of the season right um and it's like a a span of it's it's kind of weird because normally if you watch sex and city before it was like short time periods but Mm -hmm. the reboot takes place over almost an entire year okay so it kind of go which is makes sense in terms of her grief process but it's also kind of jarring as they jump from episode to episode right there's not that many episodes there's not that many episodes and you're like a whole year has okay like, okay. Um, <laughs> so that portrayal I felt was interesting because I felt like they maybe did it a little bit differently than what I'm used to seeing. I think I'm mm-hmm. used to seeing, like, people being sad but putting on a brave face. Right. And then they're kind of just okay with it. And there's usually, uh-huh. like, a wrap-up thing where they're, like, right, soldiering on right. and, like, it's fine. And in this case, like, she's literally just, like, sleeping all day. Mm-hmm. And then not sleeping at night, just, like, wandering around New York City at night. And uh-huh. then not eating. And, like, it really felt like... So, 
I have a friend whose husband left her, mm-hmm. and she went through this huge grieving process over the loss of her marriage, and it, it sounded exactly like how they portrayed it in the show. Like, she, yeah. she <clears throat> didn't eat, she didn't want to do anything, she just kind of, like, withdrew from life, except for, like, taking care of her kids, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe because, you know, it's 2022, and people are finally actually like openly talking about these things that's the difference now could be perhaps yeah because i think that uh i think you're right like historically in popular media what we see is this like they go through the stages of grief in order yes denial anger i don't even remember all of them to be honest completely honest there's five acceptance there's like a denial anger blame or guilt I don't know. Denier, denial, anger, blame, guilt, something. I don't know. We'd have to look it up. Anyway, <laughs> but there's five of them, and they always happen in a, in order, like in shows and movies. They mm-hmm. always happen in order over like a very specific time period. And then that's it. Yeah. And then like, they're fine. They reach acceptance, and yeah. then they've accepted it. Yeah. And so I think that for a lot of people, and I know that this was true for me when I lost my mom, like... I was like, oh, okay, grief is, there's a grieving process, and there's an order to it, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, <laughs> that is not correct. I will be fine forever, <laughs> as long as I do all the things that are listed in the checkboxes. Exactly. I mean, you know, I love a list, and I was like, where's my list? Oh, it turns out there's no list. I mean, there is a list, it's just wrong. Uh, yeah, the list is incorrect. <laughs> the list is the list is absolutely not a list that you can actually follow. Uh, yeah, I and I spent a lot of time uh, unpacking that in therapy because I was like, "What is happening?" So, something that I saw recently was making the rounds on social media. Um, you know that I love Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. and his mom died a few years ago, I believe, of cancer. And he was on Colbert actually talking about, he was supposed to be talking about his projects, but um, Stephen asked him about like his mom and like how that affected him and stuff. And he had this beautiful thing that he said about grief and how grief was ongoing, but it's not sad because it's like just you thinking about all the things that you miss about the person and like all the mm-hmm. love that you're missing out on. And paraphrasing it horribly but it's really beautiful and you should look it up um because it was just like such a really lovely way to think of grief as not something sad it's like you're sad like you are sad but it's because of how much you love that person yeah that there's this like gap of love like Mm -hmm. that where the love is now missing yeah um yeah that that absolutely makes sense one one of the most impactful things um that was said to me right after I lost my mom was it never gets better. It just gets different. Mm-hmm. And that has been so helpful in my, my grieving process for a couple of reasons. Like, um, f- like for one is a great descriptor and, and it's been super accurate for me of as <clears throat> I've experienced, you know, the grief of missing my mom and all sorts of other grief. Like that's that's like my primary that's like my primary trauma. So that's the one I talk about the most. But 
I also, you know, had to deal with the grief of infertility and just all of these other things. But um, in particular, like dealing with losing my mom over the last four and a half years, like it has, I still miss her and her not being there will never be okay. But at the same time, like the edges start to soften and you can, uh, I, there's things that I can do or watch or listen to now that I couldn't before. Um, and they'll bring, because they now bring me back good memories instead of just like sending me into like a puddle of tears. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's just like lots of ways that the grief has changed over the last four and a half years that from what it was at the very beginning and particularly in that first calendar year. Um, and it also, it, that, that concept of like, it, it doesn't, it never gets better. It just gets different. It also has given me permission to just like continually grieve and to continually miss her mm -hmm. and to not have just an end point on it because that's not how it actually works. Yeah, there's no end point. And I think a lot of people, aside from what we see on TV, I think other people in your life will just be like, well, you know, it happened so long ago. Right. Like, why Why are you still sad about it? Right. You should get over it. Right. Yes. What do you do when people say that to you? <laughs> Tell them to fuck off. <laughs> um, no, you know, like, it, it's not... <sighs> So often, um, I think when people say that, um, and, and most of the time they're not, it's not coming from like a place of malice. Like they're not saying it to be me. Like they just genuinely don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, and so often I think it's because they have not experienced not only that kind of loss, but they have not experienced that kind of love before. Like, so for me, it was losing my mom. So maybe they did not have the kind of relationship with their mom where they would miss her for the rest of their however many years. I was 28 mm -hmm. when I lost her. So, you know, for the next, let's say, 60 years, I will miss my mom. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't have a great mom, you might be like, dude, get, what are you? Or, like get over it um, <laughs> and like you know for your friend that that was grieving the loss of her marriage like someone who did not have has not been in that kind of relationship or has not had that happen they might not understand that that is going to be an ongoing grieving process someone mm -hmm. who has not lost a child might not understand that or you know there's lots of different things um so i, I have to remind myself like they just might not have the emotional context to understand and also like they don't need to understand my grief it's not really their business to and how I grieve because everyone grieves differently and grief is fucking weird I was talking about <laughs> I was talking about this with my friend um because just the other day actually she sent me a voice message and she was like I don't know if you experienced this like when you lost your mom but um, like her, she and her husband before their loss, they were, I guess they were watching like a lot of the Marvel movies and shows and stuff. And like once the loss happened, she was like, I, I don't want to watch like the Marvel stuff. Like it's too much for her. And so they've been watching just like 
super just kind of dumb, fluffy, like, reality shows. Just very mm. low emotional impact stuff. Yeah. Um, and she was like, I don't know, is that normal? Is that... And I was like, it, if that's what your emotions need, if that's, like, what your grief is telling you that you need, then, yeah, that's normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, 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 like, favorite grief story is... A couple months after my mom died, I woke up on a Sunday morning and was like, I need to repaint my office today. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. And my husband, like, he was at work all day. He came home from work. I had gone to Sherwin-Williams. I had gotten all of the paint, all the stuff. By the time he got home, my office office was, like, halfway repainted. Mm -hmm. And he just, like, walked in and he was like, oh, guess what? we're repainting your office. And I just looked at it and I was like, this is what my grief needed today. Could not explain it to you. Bye. That makes sense to me though, because it's like, however you're like processing it, I think a lot of like a gut reaction is like, well, maybe it would be better if I change something drastic. And so for you, like if I change my office, like it's not necessarily something huge you're right but like just something that's make me feel different. better yes to feel something different and i can control that i could control yes. what color my office was i couldn't control so many of the other things that were happening in that time in my life or like even necessarily control my emotions in a logical way but i was like i can control what color my wall <laughs> is uh and so that's what that was um so i just like there's no there's no real logic shit gets weird and that's totally okay and it doesn't like people don't have to understand it yeah because it just is what it is but it is it does sometimes feel very isolating when you know this this thing happens this tragic thing happens and everyone in your life rallies around you and, you know, they're, they, you know, bring you meals and they send you flowers and they check in on you. And then a few weeks or a few months pass and they sort of forget. Mm-hmm. And they have forgotten and you have not forgotten. And that, like, for me, it was somewhere between the six and nine month mark where I just felt so isolated because it felt like everyone else had moved on and mm-hmm. forgotten and I was like, I'm never going to forget. And now I'm all alone with this because no one's checking in on me anymore. Mm-hmm. And no one's talking about it. And it's like my mom never existed. And that was maybe some of the hardest times for me because I felt so alone in that. Mm-hmm. Like, And I have a wonderful partner and a wonderful family. And like I could, I, you know, I was able to call up my mom's best friend and talk to her like you know talk to my best friends but like there was just this like deep feeling of isolation in my own grief during that period of time in particular that was so hard yeah it's really interesting to me that that happens because it's really parallel to the other like major moment that happens in your life which is when you bring a baby Mm, into mm -hmm. your family People are really there for you at the beginning and Mm -hmm. then like, you know, like three months later, like basically after the like maternity leave period. Right. Everyone is just like gone and just kind of assumes that like, well, you got it now. Like figured it out. 
you're great at parenting. And See as, you in 15 years. As it turns out, these kids continually baffle you, especially when you're a brand new parent. <laughs> They're always doing new shit. Yes. And I think it's very interesting because I, yeah, it's just like very, it's the same sort of thing. It's so isolating and like people just kind of, like I know people have their, their own business right. to deal with and shit, but like. I think as humans, maybe this is just an American thing. I don't know. We just have, like you said, like we have these steps that we have to get through in our lives in general. Like you go to school, you go to college, you get a job, you get married, you have two and a half babies and a dog. (laughs) (laughs) You work until you get really old and then you retire and then you play golf, play golf. And go on cruises, and then you die. Like, it... There's your map, guys. That's you're supposed to be your map of life. Like, you're supposed to work at the same place for 40 years. <laughs> like, I think, obviously, it has been changing. Thank God we realized that not everybody wants to work <laughs> at the same job for 40 years. Or have two and a half kids. Or get married. Or, or any of those other things. Yes. But, like, because... While we are evolving that, like, we don't, we don't have any sort of roadmap for, like, how we are actually supposed to support people. Right. Because we don't know. We haven't seen it modeled anywhere. And if you Mm -hmm. haven't seen something modeled, you just don't, don't know what the fuck you're doing. And especially because as humans, we care very deeply what other people think of us. (laughs) We don't want to, like, I know for me, especially, like, I don't. A lot of times I don't say things because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yes. And that is very difficult hurdle to get over. Yes. Yeah. And I think, yeah, we, we, um, and I talked a little bit about this in our toxic positivity episode too. Like you don't want to say the wrong thing or you don't want to like make the person sad or like remind them of the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you might think that like that would be making it worse. Like if we start- Talking about, like, something awesome that I remember your mom doing or something. Like, is that just right. going to make you sad? Right. Exactly. And, like, and, the, and like I know I know the, what the answer is for me. And I know what the answer is for many, many other people that I have come across and talked to about this. And this may not be the answer for everyone. So I don't, you know, I do not speak for everyone. But I know for me, like, I love when my friends will like text me randomly and be like, I was just thinking about your mom and this time that she did blah, blah, blah. And it meant so much to me. Or I saw this thing today and it made me think of your mom and you know, I just really miss her. She was so wonderful or, you know, whatever it is. Like I love getting those messages. Like even if they cause a slight, like just initial like heart pang, of like, oh man, I miss her so much too. I was already missing her. It's not like I mm-hmm. was like, I forgot she was dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, that lady. Oh yeah, yeah. ha ha. <laughs> happened. Um, like I already, like, I already knew that. I was already missing her. Um, so even if there's just like initial like heart pang, like it makes me feel so nice to know that other people remember her and think about her. Because I do every single day. Mm-hmm. Not a day goes by, not an hour goes by where I don't think about her and miss her. And so when other people, you know, just send a message and say like, 
oh, I really miss her or, hey, remember that time? Like, I love that stuff. Um, I've talked to people who have lost um, babies and like a lot of times um, either they've, you know, miscarried or they've had a stillbirth or something like that. Um, and, um, you know, oftentimes people don't want to bring up that child because they like, they just like don't talk about that child. And, um, like I have talked to so many people who've gone through that and like, they really like when people or have really appreciated when people in their lives, like remember that child and remember what their, you know, if they had a name, remember their name and, you know, like honor them as a part of the family. Um, instead of just like, oh, they never existed because they never, you know, took a breath or, you know, any of those things. Like there's this, they, they've, I'm, the people that I've talked to have said like that really just helps them feel like their child existed beyond just like in their belly or in their arms mm-hmm. um, for like such a short period of time. So like, again, I can't speak for everyone, but I've talked to a lot of people that feel the same way about this that I do, that there's this like, it's nice to know that other people remember mm-hmm. and think about it and want to honor the people that you've lost or honor you know, whatever it is that you are experiencing. Um, so I think that I totally understand because I've been there of like, I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to make them <laughs> sad. I don't want to make them remember it. But like, as time goes on, like if you bring it up, like chances are good that it's not going to make them as sad as mm-hmm. it did before. And that you're maybe going to bring up, you know, happy memories or, you know, whatever. So I think that's just something to think about if there's someone in your life that's experienced a loss um, or is going through something actively, um, that there's, you know, having, taking a minute to say like, hey, I was just thinking about you. Even when it's weeks or months later, Mm -hmm. checking in is always recommended. Yeah. And I think it's important to know too that you can acknowledge the grief. It is totally fine like yeah I think that is one good step in general in terms of like not I don't want to say moving past it but like right being able to like exist with it right concurrently it's like coexist yeah yeah coexist yeah that's the right word (laughs) we're good we're awesome we're doing so So what do you think are some good ways that people can learn how to um, process the grief and or coexist with it? Yeah, you know. And aside from therapy. Aside from therapy. We talk about therapy, therapy a lot. We talk about <laughs> therapy a lot. I mean, that is really important. And I, and I do advocate for, you know, seeing a therapist. Um, but, you know, and, 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 a, and a lot of the stuff that I, well... It's interesting because, um, like, I've, I've experienced that, like, very concrete grief of losing my mom, right? Like, watching her be diagnosed with cancer um, and get sicker and sicker and, you know, pass away. And I've also experienced this much more sort of nebulous grief of infertility where I was grieving the loss of something that I technically never had mm-hmm. but wanted to have 
but didn't have and couldn't <laughs> achieve. Like there's just, it, that is, um, I think sometimes when there's, um, it, it feels a little bit more nebulous and it's, it's not this like, here's this concrete thing that happened. Um, I think that sometimes can feel a lot harder to like navigate and work through and process. Um, and I think that that's sort of where we as a society are at right now, where we're <laughs> experiencing these like sort of nebulous things yeah. that we can't really put into words, mm-hmm. um, that we're, that we're all collectively grieving. But I think this like the most important thing for me has been giving myself permission to feel what I'm feeling and to recognize that whatever I'm feeling in that moment is valid. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's not like a grief Olympics. (laughs) Grief Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) There's not, yeah. like You're not going to get a gold medal for how you deal with your grief. You're not going to get a gold medal for how you deal with your grief. There's no like, there's no trauma Olympics. It's like, if you are experiencing something that's causing you to grieve, that is valid. Mm. And it's like you, because I think so often I know, and I know that, like, I have had those thoughts, like, in this past week since, has it been a week? Um, Since, you know, all of the stuff started with Ukraine. Um, Like, I'm actually, I'm actually sitting here thinking, has it been a week? I literally can't remember because it feels like it's been forever, but I don't even think it's been a week Technically, it has not. I mean, it will be by the time we, obviously, this drops, but yes. as of recording. As of recording. It's only been like five it, days. So it feels like forever, right? Anyway, um, and like, I know like, I have had these thoughts too of like, okay, well, I live in the United States. I am safe. My town is not being bombed. My family is safe. Mm-hmm. Like... I'm not having to separate from my husband at the border while he stays behind. Like, there's all of these things that we see, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been really bizarre watching this war unfold on social media and real time. Um, We're just bombarded. Every time you open an app, you're just bombarded with these heartbreaking images and interviews and all of these things. And so it's easy to get into headspace um, of, well... Why am I sad? These things aren't directly happening to me. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that there's not still some sort of trauma happening just collectively that you are a part of Mm -hmm. and that is impacting you. And so like, and that, you know, that's true for what's happening societally. It's, It's true if you, you know, let's say, you experience a miscarriage at six weeks and you know somebody who experienced a miscarriage at 20 weeks, like it would be really easy to say, well, it's not as bad as if I had miscarried later mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, you know, I, it wasn't a stillbirth or, you know, there's lots of, there's lots of ways that our minds trick us into thinking that what we've experienced isn't as bad like we don't have it bad enough we can't we can't feel bad because it wasn't as it worse. exactly it wasn't a bad enough trauma for me to feel this way right like you you have to just give yourself the grace to let that go and say i am feeling this way and my that means my feelings are valid Mm -hmm. and let yourself have the space to feel your feelings and i think that for me and Again, like, ride that grief wave. 
what is your grief telling you need to do? <laughs> do you need to repaint your office? Do you need to just watch just like Alaskan survivalist shows for the next month and a half? Do you need to go back and like, you know, binge read your favorite book series? Do you need to listen to the exact same, uh, you know, do you need to listen to the exact same Prince album on repeat? Like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's okay. Go with it. If it's particularly, if it's not like destructive or self-destructive or any of those things. Um, But, you know, like, give yourself that grace. Listen to what your body and mind need. Mm -hmm. And just sort of like let that wave take you where it's going to take you without judgment. I think that is one of the reasons why so many people got really into houseplants <laughs> over COVID is because we had this like grief energy that we couldn't like really do anything with because like our bodies are, our bodies are wired for like the fl- fight or flight response. Yeah. But because most people didn't like get something that would actually trigger it. It was right. just, we were all stuck in that weird We could an- neither fight nor flee. <laughs> right. We are just stuck in that antip- anticipation part where, like, if you got COVID, like, you could do something about it. Right. But if you didn't, you were just kind of, like you said, nebulous. And so a lot of people got really in houseplants because they were, they were like, I need to channel this energy into something right. and caring for, like, a thing. Right. Like, Plants, especially. Or also, sourdough people, starter. <laughs> sourdough starter. A lot of people got dogs yes. and cats and stuff. Yes. Um, because they, they needed to, like, turn what they were feeling, which was not great, right. into something positive. And right. so they were, like, channeling that into, like, a growth experience. Right. Right. And they were feeling very isolated and, mm-hmm. you know, they needed a companion of some sort. So, you know, again, got a lot of those... COVID dogs, COVID cats, bunnies, birds, I don't know. Um, I do think plants are actually, as I think, if you guys have been longtime listeners, uh, we had our friend Brandy on um, to talk about plants, and she mentioned that plants really helped her with her mental health, because mm-hmm. when you like have plants to take care of and you actually take care of them, that's like a good sign. It's a good indicator of like where your mental health is because if you're paying attention to all the little plants and like keeping them healthy and happy like granted sometimes who knows what's going on with those plants (laughs) but again no judgment this is a we you have to leave space for not judging yourself in this (laughs) yes we have both killed many plants so many (laughs) um but like knowing that like you need to take care of that meaning and like transferring that like oh well I need to also take care of myself. I'm watering my plants. I need to water also my plants, water myself. Water myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, I think that, that that's, that's a, that's a really good point there. Did you, I know, um, obviously you've been going to therapy for a long time, but have you either done or considered like support groups? Uh, you know, so I thought about that, and the reason that I decided to do individual therapy um, was because I was concurrently experiencing uh, the loss of my mom. The very first day I went to therapy was actually the 
morning of the day that she died. So it, like that was all just it was <laughs> quite a dramatic. Uh, anyway, um, but um, so I was experiencing that. But then I was also experiencing all of the infertility stuff at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was processing all of that together. And so. Um, all of the like support group stuff that I could find either in person or online where it was, you know, grief support group or infertility support group. And there wasn't really, uh, anything that had that, uh, intersectional need that I had. Um, but I do know people that have done support groups for either infertility or, uh, grief and have found them very useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there are a lot of people that, you know, attend support groups for a lot of different things um, and find them, find having that community to be really helpful. Um, for me, I have found a lot of my community um, on social media. So, you know, as much as it can be a minefield, it can also be a really great place to find community of and, you know, connect with people that are going through, you know, similar life experiences as you. Um, so that's where I have found a lot of my, like, support. Um, you know, I, I've discovered a number of, you know, I know a number of people that are in, like, the Dead Parent Club. Um, so we often will call ourselves um, <laughs> sort of a widely used term. Um, and, you know, you kind of collect people along your your life path or you're like, Oh, Hey, you're also in the dead parent club. And like, they, they get things that other people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you know, we'll often, you know, message each other or something if we know an anniversary is coming up or, Oh, I just had this really hard thing and I know no one else will get this. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where I have found the support groups, but I do know a lot of people have gone to in-person support groups and really enjoyed them and found them to be very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you live, sometimes those are a little bit more hit or miss. Um, just, you know, if you live in a smaller town, um, you might have to look for something virtual. Yeah. But. Especially if, um, you know, a lot of them are, like, religious-based. So Right, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that, too, like, you have to kind of navigate, like, okay, am I willing to take, like, if it's, you know, run by a church, you know, can, is there enough? Like, if, if I'm not religious, is there enough of it that I can still apply? Or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you kind of have to, your mileage may vary sort of situation there. Yeah. So as we navigate our way out, <laughs> fingers crossed. Through slash out. Of, well, uh, COVID. Yeah. Especially. Um, what do you... Your personal recommendations, I guess I would say, for, you know, how people should continue on and, like, um, be able to address something like this nebulous and weird. Yeah, you know, and again, like, I'm not a therapist. This is all just sort of based on my own experiences and, um, you know, whatnot, but I think think it's going to be important for us to remember, and, and I've seen some... Some talk about this um, on social media of like, this is going to have changed our generation for the rest of our lives. I keep thinking about, um, I keep thinking about the uh, folks who survived the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 
you know, I don't know if anyone had, you know, grandparents that survived the Great Depression and they like would not put their money in banks and they would just keep their money under their mattress and, Mm -hmm. you know, little like tins of cash around the house or just like always had to have like extra food in the house or like these things that, you know, they experienced during the Great Depression that were, they were still doing in the like 80s, 90s, early aughts. Um, like, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be us. Um, like, there's some way that that's going to manifest for our generation and our grandkids are going to be like, God, God, why does grandma do all of this weird shit? And we're like, well, let me tell you about 2020. Why does grandma still carry around hand sanitizer? <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> this makes no sense. Like, oh, let me tell you about 2020, 2021, and 2022. Um, so there's going to be some weird way that our grandkids are going to be like, I don't understand. Um, and... Like, it's not going to be, like, we're going to wake up and COVID's going to be over and we're all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there is just going to be this continual navigating of what life is going to look like moving forward. Um, I think that, and I, I, I don't know that it's going to look the way that it did 2019 and before. Like, in the before times. I mean, I hope it doesn't. To be honest, there's a lot of things that I hope does not look the same. <laughs> um, but you know, I think that there will be a long time of us grieving the loss of what was, um, grieving for some of us. It'll be grieving the loss of what could have been. Um, you know, if you became a parent like myself during the pandemic, your early parenting experiences have looked so much different than those of your friends with older kids. Um, so there is a, a grieving, a loss of what like could have been or should have been, um, on top of like, if you actually lost someone, you know, to COVID or like any of these other things. Um, and so I think that there's just like, we're going to have to keep reminding each other that this was, this has been an ongoing trauma and that we're going to be experiencing the aftershocks of grief for a really long time and that that's okay. Like, it's okay. This is not, this is, none of this has been, like, a normal thing to go through or experience. Um, And so, you know, I keep, I keep saying, I sound like a broken record. I keep saying, like, we have to give ourselves grace and, like, come, come experience these thoughts with, like, no judgment to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But, and that's the thing, like, maybe I've been doing too much yoga lately. But, like, (laughs) I mean, if you do, if you do yoga or if you uh, meditate, Or if you, you know, do any sort of mindfulness practices, there's a lot of talk of like, you know, as you're, as you're sitting and you're, you're breathing and you're sort of with your thoughts, it's like thoughts are going to come through your head and you're supposed to just sort of like greet them and then let them go without any judgment. They're neither good nor bad. They just exist. And then you sort of like let them go. And the the ways that grief manifests is a lot of times sort of similar. It's like, um, okay, I see this thing and then I'm not going to judge it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to judge that this is good or bad. Cause there's so many things, oh, boy, this is a whole nother tangent. I could go down <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to try to not go down too much of a tangent on it. But like, there's so many things in our lives that we apply moral judgments to that are not moral for sure. Uh, like, how tidy is your house? It's like, 
oh, they have a perfectly immaculate house. They must be a morally great person. <laughs> like, that's just, like, there's no moral judgment to, like, grief. So mm. don't apply moral judgment on yourself because of it. Yeah. You just have to, like. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah, it's okay to not be okay. Greet it where it is and do what you need to do. But when I was doing my meditation the other day, I was picturing this thing where, like, when she says, like, bring these thoughts into you or let them come to you or whatever and then let them go. I was picturing, like, I don't know if this is from a movie or if this is just my brain, but, like, you touch it with, like, one finger and it, like, dissolves into butterflies and flies away. Oh. That made me feel very peaceful. I love that. Yeah. I often think of it as, like, either, like, a balloon or, like, a cloud that comes Mm -hmm. through and you just sort of, like... And it just it sort of like, away. yeah, it just sort of like floats too. away or like, uh, Eden's very into bubbles right now as, mm. as toddlers are bubbles. <laughs> and so, you know, I think of like when she's got the bubbles and you, you know, you kind of the bubble away and mm. it just floats off and it pops and there it goes. Like, yeah. yeah, there's lots of different, I think there's lots of different mental imagery for it, but yeah, I love the butterfly one. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing that I feel like really helps me with grief is thinking about things that make me happy. Yeah! So what's making you happy this week, Steffi? What's bringing you joy? Uh, We are going to be going to a conference for the first time in a bajillion years. Yeah. Uh, This week. And we're going to see our friends and who live in North Carolina. We're going to get to see them. And eat some really good food in Chicago. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited. I'm nervous about, like, the whole... The logistics. You can't see me. I'm, like, waving my hands around. (laughs) She's gesturing (laughs) vaguely at everything. This whole thing. Um, But I am excited to... Like, I I don't like saying, like, back to normal kind of situation. But, like, you and I used to travel all the time. All the time. For conferences. Um, and so it's been, I think I, I went to a conference in March, 2020, right before everything closed down. <laughs> and it was, it was weird. Cause it was like that in between where like, we still kind of thought it was gonna be like, do we okay, panic? Do, do we, we not? Do we panic? Do we worry about it? It's only gonna be like a month and everything will be fine. Um, and so that was a weird experience anyway. So now like we'll actually just see people in person. And, like, do the whole networking thing and, like, the actual learning. And, like, I don't know. It's just being, after everything's been virtual for so long, it's going to be, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. I've forgotten how to dress myself. Oh, my God. How to, like, do my makeup. I'm very confused about, like, how to pack for this. But all that aside, I'm excited that, you know, our friend is flying in. Uh, this afternoon and we're going to get to hang out here in town for a day before we go to Chicago and that's going to be so much fun. So I'm trying to focus on like the, like the, oh, good, the good parts. The good parts. <laughs> yeah, I'm focusing on like the good parts and the fun things and like the dinners that we have planned to get me through the like slight anxiety of just peopling mm-hmm. for a few days. <laughs> yeah, I was packing and I like put some outfits together and I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about these, but also I don't really think I have anything better, so I guess that's what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I mean, 
where am I going to go shopping here? There is nowhere to go shopping. There's nowhere to go shopping, so it's fine. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so uh, I don't know if I just stole your joy, if you were going to say the same thing, but Megan, what's bringing you joy? Uh, I mean, I I wasn't going to say that, but it is also bringing me joy. Um, Is it weird to say just that, like, I've been in a really good mood lately? No, that's a great thing. Um, so my joy is just, like, being able to bop along this week. I don't know. joy is that she's not depressed. (laughs) Yes. I think that's a good thing to be joyous about. I don't, I've just been, like, I feel like I'm, like, last week when we did our recording, I'm like, we're in the flow. I'm like, I feel like I really am in the flow right now. Yeah. Um, and I've finished a book that I was reading, and I've been getting a bunch of, like, shoots done for the website and that feels really good and I'm just like feeling happy about it maybe it's like the impending spring we've been having good weather we have been having some nice weather I am definitely that is they uh I got a notification from the daycare app and they were playing outside today on the Mm -hmm. in the playground like it's finally warm enough for them to go outside again um and I know that Eden loves playing on the playground um but i was just like just seeing the picture of her on the little playground i was like oh it is almost spring it's gonna be like warm enough to go outside again and like actually play Mm -hmm. and yeah max was really excited because he was like it's finally warm enough i'll be able to take my jacket off on the playground and i'm like (laughs) you wear like the thinnest jacket so barely counts as a jacket sir really i mean it was a hoodie it was not a jacket today but he insisted that he was going to be warm enough. He is very much acclimated oh, to the Midwest. Oh, he's become a true like, Midwestern boy. As soon as he got here, he was like, this is great. It's perfect. 25 degrees. I don't need a jacket, Mom. It's 25 degrees. It's so warm out. In my, uh, at my middle school that I went to, they actually had to make a rule that you couldn't wear shorts after the you could well you could only wear shorts for the first quarter and the last quarter of the year because Mm. if they didn't have that rule there were all of these boys middle school boys who would just try to wear shorts like literally in the snow that sounds right and you're like what is happening so they just instituted a rule that you couldn't wear shorts outside of the first quarter and the last quarter pretty much primarily for the boys i think it's the <laughs> they knew the girls had sense right i think the difference <laughs> for uh between my kids is that obviously we spend many more years in texas yes so he thinks it's always cold here <laughs> max <laughs> is just like ready to go got got my t-shirt on <laughs> god bless him i know gotta love it gotta love it well next week we are going to be talking about drinking culture That's right. We've got our friend Susanna coming back. We're going to be talking to her all about that. So until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Bye.